So uh, thank you for joining us today on this, uh, our fifth Sherpa series. Uh, we are calling it the Souls Sherpa series uh, because Sherpas are well-renowned builders up and down the mountain and they have an experience expertise their knowledge um, and that allows them to be able to support people uh, and typically that's on Everest and um, one of the reasons that we like the, the the word Sherpa is because one of our favorite quotes is if you want to know the way ahead ask those coming back and in terms of what we at Souls do uh, I think that's really helpful sometimes to be able to have some insights some expertise and some knowledge from those people who have uh, kind of been on a journey already and have got some really good things that they can share and we are very lucky enough to have some Sherpas within our customers and joining me today is one of those Sherpas that's Tudu, uh, Tudu Setseklani and you are account director for De Beers so um, Tudu for those who don't know you I'm going to just ask you to introduce yourself give maybe give me a little bit of background on you so that uh, people know who you are hi gail and hi everyone as gail has said my name is to do Ezo. that's in full and now they call me to do which is much <laughs> easier for everyone and my surname is tatani it's also not an easy surname to pronounce but it's okay <laughs> Um, I've been with um, the BS group of companies since 2006. Yes, six, I think. <laughs> and um, I worked through different departments. I started in the sorting department where we just sort diamonds. And then I worked my way up. Um, I spent a lot of my time in being a key account manager in sales department where I got an opportunity to manage different customer portfolios, such as the Far East market, where um, I was managing customers from China, from Hong Kong, and from Japan. And most of my career was actually spent managing Indian customers. And that is what I'm still doing right now, even as an account director, which is a role that I recently got. I'm still managing some of the the Indian customers and right now I am based in Botswana. I moved here three months ago um, just to be closer to the market, closer to the customers and just so that we are able to know what is happening and we can report back home in Botswana. So, so Tudu, you you were you you've been to Dubai already, haven't you? Well, you spent some time in Dubai already, haven't you? I think, and then you you went back to Botswana, and now you're back in Dubai, and and enjoying it second time round. Yes, I am because the first one was actually a pilot, just to see if the objective or the dream for DBS to get the sales team in the market would actually work. So it's like a guinea pig being sent to get <laughs> just for everyone. So clearly it was successful. Yeah. <laughs> that is why yeah. I went back home maybe for around one and a half years. Then I'm back here with everyone else. I got um, most of my um, sales team members here with me. The team has grown here because we saw the value of um, moving to the market and being closer to the customers. It, it created that um, relationship that DBS wants to see um, between the sales team and the customers. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off in terms of from a sales culture point of view, really. So, how important do you think it is? You know, or or, or what do you think really defines a positive sales, a sort of unstoppable, you know, sales culture? Because I know you obviously you work with the team, you work really well with the team. 
team um, and because you're in all the different markets that can sometimes be quite hard but but what would you say defines a really positive sales culture? Um, I would say sales culture is made up of attitudes, values and habits that are created as the team interacts, as the team work together. So for me also being sales means showing passion in what you do, knowing your product and really loving what you do. And when you have all this, they stimulate that positivity and unstoppable, ever-changing self-culture where there is support, there's continuous, exciting improvements in the department, where the team is able to continuously learn, where there's trust, where there's um, freedom to speak up, where there is consistent um, and constant communication between the team members and maybe the management as well. And, you know, overall, what we've seen in the past couple of years was really to encourage the team to have this positive attitude towards everything because being in the sales environment can be challenging sometimes. Like you said, we are, we are based in different areas. We are in different geographical areas and we have customers all over the world as well. But we have to be that dynamic and that diverse to be able to accommodate other people's cultures. So when you have that and when you have that at the back of your mind, it just creates this um, amazing teamwork where nothing can stop you. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're talking today about driving profitable sales growth. And I guess the culture is really critical to that in terms of making sure that if you've got the right culture there, then actually people are going to work together better. People are going to kind of have each other's backs. Uh, they're going to have developed those relationships with the, with, the, with, with, the, with the customer. So I think that's a really important one. And you mentioned there kind of, you know, having a positive attitude. How, how important do you think it is to have the right mindset and attitude in sales? Because you just mentioned, you know, I guess in sales, there are often lots of setbacks. You know, you don't always it doesn't always go your way. You know, you'll have, I guess, some great customers, but you'll have some challenging customers. So yes. how important is it to, to have a great mindset and attitude? It's actually very critical, Gail, I must say, because that's the ultimate key to success in sales. If you don't have the right attitude or the right mindset, you know, it's very difficult to actually thrive through this environment that we work in. So the right mindset keeps you focused, persistent, and, you know, driven to open doors that despite the challenges that we might go through when we're in the market, when we are faced with different decision, um, difficult decision making. But when we, when we have that right mindset to say, we are winners, we're going to have to do this, whether we like it or not, it's, it, it can be easy. But it, that's a very, very critical attitude that um, the sales team must possess, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I think I think that's such an important one, isn't it? Because you know, I, I was in sales, I mean, a long time ago. Um, now uh, I, I work for British Airways and, you know, I used to find that was because you, there are setbacks, aren't there? And, you know, you don't you don't necessarily win customers over all the time. And even even when you're passionate about what you do and passionate about the product and passionate about the service that you offer, that's not always enough, is it? And I guess resilience is really important in being able to, you know, to kind of, you know, yeah, I can't remember what the, the um, statistic is, but I think I think they reckon that you only, you know, even in, from a sales point of view, you probably only ever win like one in three, you know, sales customers that you, you work with because, you know, so you've got to be, you know, managing rejection, I guess, in lots of ways. And that resilience yeah. is important, isn't it? 
Yes, I can actually give you an example because I mean, over my career, we actually keep changing accounts. Um, maybe you can manage a different portfolio of customers every three to four years. Right. So it's very natural that um, customers get very comfortable with their key account managers. And yeah. then when it's that time to change, there's a bit of resistance to say, okay, who's this? I have to start again from scratch to um, to actually get someone to know and learn my business. And, you know, it used to feel like they're really rejecting you, but you have to learn to know that it's not personal. It's just that everyone is, is very skeptical when it comes to change. And, you know, you want to be where you are comfortable, where you, you know, the environment that you're used to and the person that you're used to, actually. So I've had people fight to have me. I've had people say, no, not another change. Why her? <laughs> so, but, you know, it's part of it all. So the fact that you can actually at least have someone say, no, can we keep to do? Um, that gives comfort is actually that it's not, it's not about me. It's about, okay. <laughs> It's a whole process of change that people don't want to be um, going through. So you yeah. need to get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you need to be good at recognising, as you say, it's not necessarily personal. It's just that they are very comfortable with who they've got. And, and equally, when, you know, it's sometimes I guess it's easy. When they, oh, they want to keep me. I'm so chuffed. And it can be easy <laughs> can't it? to go. It's obviously me. Um, yeah. But I, th I think you're right. And, and it's uh, and I guess there's an element of trust there, isn't it? Over three or four years. They learn to trust you. They learn to understand you. They, I guess, they feel they see you as a business partner, don't they? They see you as a trusted advisor, and and actually, it's quite hard to be able to give that up and to have to have somebody else coming in. So, so I think it's it's a really interesting one that. And I guess you know, again, you know, are, are there things from a, a relationship point of view that you think really work for you when you're working with a customer? I usually, I did my homework before I met a customer. Yeah. Because I didn't want to start to look or to come across as naive and um, not interested. Because in the past, when I started my career, I would just go in and say, you know, I'm just going to be myself and grasp what I can. But I realized that that would actually take long for you to understand the customer business. But if you do your research, if you read, if you actually know the, the, the customer names when you're going to meet them for the first time, that are, those are the first impressions that count um, from the customer side to actually easily open up for you. And I must say, it hasn't always been easy. Yeah. Uh, but maybe most of the times I could charm my way around <laughs> being accepted. But there were those customers where you could see they're just not interested in you. And you'd be like, but what did I ever do to this person? <laughs> and I think also the other thing that might have contributed to that as well is the cultural differences. You know, um, we all know that having to work in this industry is a, is a male dominated industry. And um, a lot of our customers are male, which yeah. means that. Even in India, I mean, the culture there is that women stay at home, men go to work. Now, it really took um, a, a little bit more time to actually convince some of the customers to say, actually, I might be a lady, 
but I know what I'm doing. I, I, I can actually work like a man, which definitely put a little bit more pressure on you because you have to prove that you can work, you can do your job despite the fact that you are a lady. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, because I think lots of sales, you know, cultures are probably very male dominated. You know, again, when I went into sales, I'd still say even back then, you know, we're talking back in the kind of the early 90s, lots, again, lots of guys in there and, and almost the expectation in those days, I almost felt it was the expectation that you almost had to be, you know, almost, you know, some very male characteristics, which I must admit, I, I'm, you know, don't really possess. So I'm kind of, you know what, I, I am me and you may, I perhaps got a slightly different approach to, to how to manage that one, really. But I, I think, I mean, I'm loving at the moment that there is such a focus on, you know, women's um, personalities, women's characteristics, you know those those gifts that perhaps you know women have that that almost a softer approach in some ways but that actually are just so useful from a sales perspective i think yes absolutely yeah you know? no that's good that's fabulous and and great to see that you've done so well because you know you, you know account director that's that's you know been quite a you know quite a step up and you know for you I, I think it's brilliant that you you know you're in that position and you're you're able to kind of um you know I guess direct now some of the things that are going on in terms of the organization and, and give some different perspectives which I think are brilliant absolutely thank you <laughs> I'm really loving it <laughs> <laughs> good good yeah so what do you think what do you think creates a really successful sales team then to do um from my experience <laughs> creating a safe environment an open environment for your team where everyone is allowed or is free to actually share how they're feeling without um being scared that they might be criticized for sharing their own views openly yeah um, for me it's it's very important because i when i started i was this very quiet low esteemed person and i think somehow it delayed my progress because i always had to second guess what i'm going to say but when i'm when i had those line managers that actually allowed me to be myself and created a safe space to share ideas with them even before I go to the wider group, you know, that encouraged me and built my confidence. And and I think that could go the same for everyone else who will be yeah. in the same position as, as I am. And the other thing I would say, you know, believing in your team and equipping them with the right tools, you know, having confidence in their abilities to deliver that, that as well can actually create a successful team. Because I realized that when you have a line manager that believes and trusts in you, it pushes you as an individual to actually go an extra mile or do your work an extra mile because you don't want him to start now having doubts on on your abilities just because maybe you lagged on something that um, or, the, or the assignment that they gave to you. So yeah. when you, we have that line manager that actually allows you to, to work yeah. and just cause and motivate you and believes that, you know, he's not going to always be um, micromanaging you because yeah. he believes that you can do it. So that 
you really get to push yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think it's isn't that funny because I think it's so interesting, isn't it? When 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 somebody believes in us and when somebody kind of sees in us, maybe sometimes the things that we don't even see in ourselves, yeah, you know, that almost gives you that confidence, doesn't it, to say, I want to make them proud. And I think that's really important in a sales team, isn't it? Because actually you you almost want, you want to kind of go, right, I'm gonna make my manager proud, or I'm gonna, you know, or I'm gonna make the team proud. Conversely, if you're in a sales manager role and you kind of go, right. Actually, I want the team to be proud of me as a manager too. So I think that's a really important one because I think it's quite easy. We talked about resilience earlier on, but I think it's quite easy sometimes to to get a, a little bit kind of deflated when things don't quite go your way in sales. And you almost need somebody there, don't you, to say, no, I know you've got this. I, I know you can do this. And if that's not working, let's maybe look at different ways. And I, I also think in a sales team, it's useful to have some different gifts and talents isn't it you don't necessarily want everybody being the same you want to make sure that you've got a diverse sales team where you you can kind of tap into different people's kind of expertise and skills and almost it shares it out in the team doesn't it then and you can you can almost rise because of other people's expertise and and learn from it absolutely I totally agree um you know even Something that I actually noticed recently with all the COVID um, challenges that everyone has been going through, you know, my line manager will just call me and say, how are you? I'm like, oh, I didn't do. Then I start asking, no, but I did this. It's like, to do, I just want to know how you're doing. Yeah. Gail, that melts my heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he really just called me to ask me how I am. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think also just showing that human um, part as a line manager to your staff, that actually can improve and and motivate your team. Yeah. And I think that's an important one, isn't it? Because I think the reputation in sales sometimes is, you know, hard driving and, you know, you don't care about anybody and it's competitive. And and actually, certainly what I've seen in the teams I've worked with and, you know, and again, I, I, I think I've seen it lots into beers is how supportive everybody is towards each other and how, you know, they want to they want you to succeed. They want you to, you know, to do your best. Uh, and, and actually having, you know, a manager there, as you say, who just wants to know, how are you doing how are you feeling how how are things going for you I I think that's almost the antithesis of almost you know the kind of the hard driving competitive dog eat dog kind of sales environment that a lot of people perceive I think so it's great to to hear that actually that kind of empathy that kind of um, inspiring leadership is alive and well isn't it in, in in sales and and actually is it's more and more important I think in this day and age to demonstrate to, to the team um, that you know actually you do care about them you know mm-hmm. and even though sales is a tough environment that actually it you've got time to care for people absolutely very humbling <laughs> <laughs> no that's good what, what have you found the most difficult aspect to being in sales to do I mean we touched on you being a woman in, in a man's world kind of thing but what's been the most uh, you know the most um, difficult thing for you Actually, that's that's one of the most difficult thing that I've I've had to work through all these years. Um, because I joined sales at a very young age. I think I was what twenty two years. Yeah, so it's been a long time. <laughs> so you can imagine back then um, you're in a boardroom with twenty men. You're the only young lady there. It it used to be very intimidating. I must say. And um, I 
I had to, and also the fact, the, also the fact that I struggled with my own self-esteem. Honestly, in my career growing up, it's something that I always wondered: Am I doing the right thing? Am I gonna say the right thing? Then what I'll do is I would keep quiet and not contribute to anything because I'm scared of how it will come out. On so that has been challenging because I had ideas. I I like. I could actually contribute, but because I had self-doubt and the fact that most of the time I'm the only lady in the room that, and obviously you get looked at twice by your other counterparts, then if you're not strong enough, you just fall for that. But over the years, I had to learn how to work through that. Mm -hmm. So I made it very intentional that I developed myself Mm -hmm. I, you know, one, I furthered my studies. I was intentional about learning all about the sales aspect. I started asking questions without fear of being criticized. Um, it wasn't easy because you still have that thing at the back of my head. If I say this, how will that come? Yeah, how will that come out? And, you know, over and above that, girl, I could give credit to sales because sales gave me. Um, an introduction to coaching and mentoring, which is something that I never did. And when I look back, I keep saying, had I had this opportunity or someone to say, okay, you got this opportunity to be in sales at your age. Listen, let me walk with you through this. Yeah. I, I'm, I, can I show you things will be different because of my attitude toward, towards work, you know, willing to learn and opening and be open about even criticism just so that I grow. So I had to make an extra effort to make sure that I build my confidence. I build, I get my voice back because at the end of it all, I said, there's no way I could be in this boardroom if I did not belong in this boardroom. Yes. So that said, you end the seat. So you have to make it work. You have to make it worthwhile whilst you still can. So. That was um, a whole um, mindset change there. And, you know, I keep, you know, quoting my former manager, Mahia. He he used to say when he was actually fighting with me to get out of my my box, my shell, he used to say to do, do you know that everyone in the business believes in you except yourself? <laughs> so for me, Gil, that was a turning point. I'm like, He's right. I keep progressing at work. Clearly, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Can I just believe that I can do this? Yeah. So yeah, that's how it all started. <laughs> no, that, I mean, number one, thank you for the for the for the name check <laughs> in terms of coaching. That's fabulous. Thank you. Um, I, I think it's interesting how many, you know, I think sometimes in sales, people perceive that, you know, if you, you know, you're outgoing, you've got lots of confidence. And I think it's a really interesting one, the number of people that we come across who have those self-doubts, you know, in terms of their abilities, you know, whether that's with the customer or, you know, I don't get the figures or and I think actually it's a really good shout isn't it because I think there is an element of people kind of going well salespeople are obviously very super self-confident and you know they think they know everything and and actually certainly the people I've come across quite often they need something to help them don't they to maybe still that chatterbox or to, to to make it more positive in terms of you know you don't have to know everything about the customer but you mentioned to ask questions to you know to ask the right questions to demonstrate you're interested in the customer 
all of that. I mean, one of the things that we often say is the more you ask, actually, the more the customer likes you because they're then able to talk about their business and what's important to them. And I think it links in, you know, you don't want to come across, do you, as a salesperson where you don't know anything about their business? Because, as you said, that preparation is so important because you don't want to come in and they're thinking, well, why have I got this person? They know nothing. But at the same time, I think demonstrating an interest in them is really important. And actually, you know, when you have the confidence to ask those questions, actually, it's probably going to make you more successful in sales, I think, because you're not busy talking about yourself or talking about what you know. You're actually demonstrating that interest in the customer. And and I think, you know, for you in terms of your confidence, I mean, I've seen your confidence grow and develop as uh, over the time that we've known each other. And, you know, I think it's so interesting, isn't it, that you often don't see the gifts and talents you have. And as you say, your old boss was like, we were all looking at it. We, we can see it. And, you know, you don't. And, it, and it's so important almost in sales almost more than any other role I think that you have somebody that's got your back that can give you that positive you know um support that can say you've got it right and you know and again I think it's really important that that we have those things to help people in sales because they aren't the people that you know the self-confident no no that they're often not those people those people are not necessarily the ones that are most successful in sales it's probably the self-doubt isn't it it's probably the and I loved you talked earlier about the the need to learn more and to to kind of develop myself and to understand more about the the, the process and sales and the customer and I think that's a a really good um you know a really good sign of a good salesperson actually ultimately yeah yeah no fabulous do you think you know we I, I touched there about you know a sales process do you think it's important to have a sales process you know almost when you know when you're going into sales is it important to have you know some steps that you can follow to help you to whether that's managing the conversation that you're having you know talking to board members sorry I've got my dog now barking in the background just, just let him out to do bear with me a second <laughs> Uh, I've adopted a dog to do. I've adopted. Yeah, and he's he's great. He's a great guard dog in lots of ways, but he's as soft as anything. I don't know what you'd do if anybody came in, to be honest. On the on the film process one, I actually think is very critical. This is one of the projects that I was working on. Um, was it a year ago mm-hmm. in sales because. We had people come in and go out in sales, but when someone comes in in sales, there's nothing that that guides them through. This is exactly what we do. This is how we do it. This is when we do it. So it was just, you know, get in, um, get whoever's supposed to help you settle, go see customers. And, you know, it was always very ad hoc. And um, one of our colleagues in the past, Cheshire, who who left um, the company, actually initiated this to say, how do we make sure that we document everything that we do yeah. and uh, make sure that when someone comes, they're able to at least have an idea of what yeah. is it people in sales department do. So yeah. I took over that project because she left before it, it actually started. And it was a very good exposure for me to actually document every little thing that we do. Even right now, what we do is that we keep improving the process that we've already um documented so it's easier when someone just department to take them through it was called it is called project magwala okay magwala <laughs> so 
Maguala, our athlete in Botswana. So ah, fabulous. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's just an, an amazing project, really, um, that, you know, it's easier now. We have a diverse team. We have um, people from all over the world actually joining us. Yeah. Um, so it's easier for them to, to, it's easier for us to actually introduce them to our department when we have some everything documented and they can actually sit down and have a look at what we do in sales. And then when they come to ask questions, they're based on something rather yes. than we let it be ad hoc. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's important, you know, again, I, I don't think it's all about, as you say, it's not, it's about, you know, there's relationship in there, isn't there? There's, you know, developing the customer. But I actually think having some kind of process that you can at least understand, particularly as a, you, if you're a new person into sales, I think that's yeah. so important, isn't it? because and also what we tend to find is you know even people who are really experienced when you go back and you remind them so you, you forget lots of things don't you you become quite complacent I think sometimes and I think it's important to kind of refresh yourself refresh your skills and even you know play around you know and, and, and when I was in sales we used to we used to be really good at and I would call them real role plays but you know if you've got a difficult meeting coming up we used to love to kind of just go into a room with somebody and go can I just run it through with you can I tell you what I think I'm going to kind of go with because actually, that's almost trying things out, isn't it? And it's giving you, it's setting you up, you know, to kind of go, if I was the, the customer, this is might might be what I would say. And and I think some of those things, we probably shy away from them sometimes, but they can be so helpful, can't they? If we've got a difficult situation that we need to manage coming up to give ourselves the opportunity to play around with things. And how does that sound? And if I said that, what would that look like? And I, I wonder sometimes whether in sales, we almost kind of back away from it because, well, I'm experienced and I know things, but actually going back over some of those things is so important. Yeah. And, you know, if I give you a little bit background of this whole project, we actually um, wrote down everything as it is right back then and, and question ourselves, do we really need this? Do yeah. we need to do this? Why? And then, then we started working on the pain points. What is that we think can improve until it was then um, done? Yeah. <laughs> which, which also it helps us actually think, oh, this is exactly what we do because we do it without thinking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I think I know certainly, as I say, if I think back to when I was, you know, sometimes you'd miss something out because, and then somebody else would go, oh, no, I use this because this is really important. And then you, it almost stimulated some conversation to go, okay, I never thought about it like that. I'll, I'll try that out. I know I... I certainly, you know, work with some people who, who, uh, you know, if it was something I struggled with, I'd be thinking, well, how do they do it? And then almost again, watching them or talking to them about it, you think, well, it is part of the process and I've been ignoring it a little bit, but I'm going to try it now. Yeah, and, but... and, you know, again, quite often you try it maybe with the benefit of somebody else's expertise and it works and you think, oh God, I've been not doing it for a little while. And, and actually it can be a really good addition to my, to my, the way that I do my sales uh, approach. So yeah, that's really good. Especially if someone, someone who's coming in from outside can actually challenge and say, really? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and yeah, and again, I, I, I love the fact that you've been working on the project and that you can see the benefit of it, really. I think so many people, when you ask them, it's like, well, I just go in and I talk to people and there is no real kind of thought in terms of what's the preparation? What do they do? What do they need to think about? So I think that's a, a really good that you've got that. And I love that. What did you tell me again? What was the name? Was it? Mag Magwala. Magwala. You can Google Magwala. Yeah, I will do. I will do. I'll find out about it. Yeah, good. I love it. Yeah. Uh, 
in terms of I, I'm, having, I'm conscious of, of, of time and we can we could talk for ages. I've got a, a couple of questions I just want to just want to ask, actually. What's okay. the one thing above all others that you think has made you as successful as you are in sales? I would say getting out of my comfort zone. <laughs> okay. Fabulous. Because the fact that I joined sales um, at a very, very young age, I thought I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> So I got very comfortable in my role. I'm like, I'm okay as I can. What, what else do I need to be? Like, this is almost a ceiling here. <laughs> so um, the moment I started getting out of my comfort zone and say, no, you have potential. How do we unleash that potential to actually make you do greater things than what you're doing right now? Even as a key account manager, you can still do other things for your own knowledge for your skills enhancement you can't just sit and say i make him and that's where it ends so one the fact that when i did my i, I took on my master's degree and the main objective of that degree was not to get a certificate like at the bachelor degrees where we're like okay we need a qualification but this yeah. one's objective was i need something that's going to stimulate my mind my way of thinking, how I view things. You know, it was it was a very intense program. And what I got, the main thing that I got out of that was how to critically analyze and improve. Yeah. So yes, so now even when, when someone is doing a presentation, what, what I'm looking at is, um, okay, how can we challenge that? How can we advise? How can we, we improve on that one? So you're always now having, now you have this eye of, um, looking for opportunities for improvements and and value adding um, areas. So that for me, I think getting out of that box yeah. was critical for me. Even when I'm now being asked or tasked with projects, which was very uncomfortable within the past. Um, the fact that I'm now open minded, I say, okay, give it to me. I'll see how to go around it. So that helped me to be where I am right now. Yeah. Good. Okay. And do you think that's helped you to be better with your customers as well in terms of has it helped, you know, help them in terms of so you developing yourself? Has that had a knock on effect? Can you sort of see how that's helping you to move the customers forward and improve the business in general? Yes, absolutely. Because um, you you get even when you get to a customer factory now, you don't just go there to have coffee. You are there now to see, okay, what are they doing? Their turnaround time, how are their finances? It's now a whole business um, perspective that you are looking into. And when you build that comfortable relationship with your customers, they really start believing in you. When you come to that factory, they, they are looking forward to honest feedback, yeah. which is very important. Whether it's the customer or your line manager or your colleagues, honest feedback is very, very important. And then when they see that you are that open to them, you'll be like, mm, but you really spend a lot of time working on this type of diamond. Why don't you consider one, two, three, maybe cut checks, maybe maybe invest in this machine that is in, in, in the yeah. industry. So you, for me, the fact that I was exposed now to analyzing businesses, doing business plans, um, financials, I get into a customer meeting with that at the back of my mind and I'm able to engage with them 
at their level. So yeah. that has really improved the relationship and there's added value to that business is that they listen when I say, um, no. <laughs> and I'm, I have the confidence that, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. It's amazing. No, I, I think that, you know, and again, I think that's so fabulous, isn't it? Because as you said, then what you've really become is a trusted advisor for them as much as anything. And somebody maybe who can challenge them and say, are you sure that's the right approach? Because, you know, based on what we know about the business and based on, you know, I know where you want to take the business. I think some of that, I mean, again, it, it's as a, as a business person, it must be great to have somebody that you're working with that's kind of actually, I can trust them. I know they're not just in here, you know, just because they want an extra sale. Just be, you know, actually, I start to really trust them as, an, a, as a business advisor as much as anything. You know, they're, they, they become my partner rather than, just somebody who's going to come in and try and sell me stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is where the DBS strategy is getting into as well. Um, you know, getting to know our customers better, becoming their trusted advisors and really getting deep into their business and understanding so that we can now internally help them improve their businesses better. So, and one of the reasons why we are in the market is so that we spend more time in the factories, in their offices, understanding in detail what they're doing, who they're selling to, why, why are they doing what they're doing. So for me, it's some is a build up of something that I had already started in the past. So yeah, it's easier. Yeah, that's great. Okay, final question then. <laughs> so for somebody maybe watching this who are, who's thinking how do I you know what are some of the key things that they can take away what would you say the key learnings are that you would pass on to others in sales what have you learned in your career that you'd say actually these are just some real key learnings that will really help others okay I'm going to be very <laughs> general okay. I'll say <laughs> the power is in your hands you have to be intentional about your self-improvement. No one is going to come and do it for me, for you. The person you are right now may not be the person that you will be tomorrow. So what may be successful back then or in the past is not going to make you successful in the future. So continuous evolution is necessary and very critical. Yeah. It's your life. It's your story. Edit it every day <laughs> thank you <laughs> no I think well that's you know honestly I love that you know what I love that to do in terms of what made you successful back then won't necessarily make you successful you know today or tomorrow or in the future I mean what a great what a great you know kind of learning for somebody that that whole idea that you've just got to keep on you know not necessarily reinventing yourself but identifying what can what more can you do you know whether that's you know for yourself in terms of becoming a better individual and actually in turn helping your customer what else can you do to create value for the customer i love it love it and you know i can even give you an example right now one no, thing that i fear most is presentation <laughs> <laughs> I would not know that looking at you today. How would I know that? Right. So what I'm what I'm doing right now here in Dubai, I've enrolled for Toastmasters. Wow. To, yeah, to try and get me out of that box that or that belief that I can't speak properly or I can't present properly. Um, so this is what I mean when I say you have to keep improving yourself no matter where you are. I, I might be an account director right now. I don't think I've made it in life or this is where it ends. 
I keep improving and working on my identifying and working on my on my um, I would say shortcomings or what I think that shortcomings. <laughs> and one other thing, one book that I read recently, I think I was reading for the first time for the women out there. It's a very known book, but it helped me realize and identify some of the things that I might have done in the past that delayed my progress. It's called Nice Girls Still Don't Get the Corner Office. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll take that one away with me. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> All right, Gil. Oh, brilliant. Tudio, you've been an absolute superstar today. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. And I've loved talking to you. And I say, I know we could probably carry on talking forever. Um, for those of you that are watching this, thank you for watching. If you want to see any of our other content series, the Sherpa series, uh, please go to our website or message me directly either on LinkedIn uh, or through the website. Tudio, you've been a superstar. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Gil. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a good day. And you. Thanks, Tudio. Bye. Bye.